Psalm 23. Is it about a person who has died that they are lying down in green pastures and they now get to live in God's house? Or is it like the mourner's Kaddish, which celebrates our power to change the world, our power to bring God's purposes to reality and fruition in this world, in our lifetime, and in each one of our days? So the Kaddish is really about us. It's about how we transform through the process. So I want you to consider Psalm 23 as about the person mourning, not about the person who's died. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the waters. He restores my soul. He leads me along the right paths so that his reputation, so that God's reputation will be come to bear in reality in this world. Even though I walk now through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not afraid because you're with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup is overflowing. Surely I know goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, each and every one of my days. And I get to dwell in the house of God forever. If we read it that way, it's about a very special kind of faith. It's about a faith in oneself, a faith to not be afraid, and that the experience of death, which is part of all of our lives, the experience of love, no one said there wouldn't be pain, but can it, be, can it transform us and then lead to transforming our world? I'm asking you now to listen to a poem by Langston Hughes, and I want you to think about what it means for the poet to the person reading the poem to say, I am gonna sit at a table at this banquet of my foes. Langston Hughes. I too sing America. I am the darker brother. They send me to eat in the kitchen when company comes. But I laugh and eat well and grow strong. Tomorrow I'll sit at the table when company comes. Nobody will dare say to me, eat in the kitchen, then. Besides, they'll see how beautiful I am and be ashamed. I too am America. Is the Psalm 23, is the mourner's Kaddish, is the story of the spies, is it about people being afraid of death or people being afraid of living? I'm going to share a couple of words from Rabbi Rebecca Weintraub from B'nai Jeshurun in Manhattan. We as human beings are hardwired to focus on things we cannot do or on negative experiences. We tend to shy away from the positive or even neutral aspects of our lives. This concept is known in the world of psychology and mindfulness as the negativity bias. The story of the spies helps us reframe our negative bias and teaches us how to work with it in a more compassionate way. The tribal leaders began their report with the positive attributes of the land 
It did in fact flow with milk and honey and the fruits were large, juicy and plush. Yet they quickly turned to the negative, ending their report with fear and uncertainty. They focused on how small they felt, how scary the people of the land were and how they were certain they would be defeated. Two of the spies, as we heard, Caleb and Joshua, tried to focus on the positive, but they were outnumbered. And the people of Israel became full of fear and rage. The negativity bias of the 10 spies spread to the people, and they wondered why God had freed them from Egypt just to kill them as they attempted to conquer their land. On this Juneteenth day, you wonder whether people are freed from slavery just to be, just to suffer in the land, in their land. It's like me today. I mean, was America established for freedom? Or it is, is it in the inevitable spiral of capitalism and exploitation? I feel like all of us stand wondering what's next. Should it be swallowed up? Or is there a new table to be set? Rabbi Jonathan Sachs shares a teaching of the Lubavitcher Rebbe on this, this story. He says that the spies already knew the people of the land feared them. We get it right there in the Haftarah in the book of Joshua, which is happening shortly afterward. But when we sing Micha Mocha and the Song of Miriam, all the inhabitants of Canaan were melted at the approach of the Israelites. If the Israelites knew they were going to be successful then, what were they so afraid of? And the Rebbe answers his question by teaching that success was what the spies were afraid of, not failure. Often it is scarier for us to think about our success than our failure. Hence, the negativity bias, Rabbi Weintraub writes. How often do we hear the voice in our head say, this will never work? Or what if we totally mess this up, even though I worked so hard on it? The story of the spies makes us think about what it would look like to entertain the possibilities of success. To interrupt our anxious thoughts with questions like, what if things do work? What if we can change it? What if all of this hard work actually pays off this time? Could do we have internal Caleb's and Joshua's? And so she writes, this Shabbat, as we read the story of the 12 spies surrounded by a world full of fear and uncertainty, may we be inspired to embrace our own success, whether personally, nationally, or globally. I think all of us right now are bearing a very, very large burden my heart is breaking for everyone, and I can feel them all around me, who despairs of this country ever getting racial justice right. We haven't even started on poverty, including white poverty. We haven't started on the educational divide. I mean, we've started, the, the work has started, but I mean, we haven't started on the land we own being soaked with Native American blood crying out. And we know that the capitalist power saying we can print money our way out of this rings of self-serving fraud. And I feel a great deal of despair. It seems impossible we could ever get this right. And it seems that the fear and the uncertainty and the voices in my head, it seems like they're just being rational. They're just being intellectual. They're just going by the facts. Even just saying all of this, as I have many times lately, people sometimes then correct me and say, oh, wait, 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 Rabbi Kane." When you said you despair of people getting it right, do you mean you despair of white people getting it right? I'd like you to reflect on that. I'd like you to reflect on your language. And I sometimes wonder, can we say anything at all?
Can we even open our minds? And I feel despair. Or is that coming from the negativity bias? Is the despair, the emptiness inside coming from proper rational analysis of past behavior and analysis of racist structures and proper post-critical analysis of, or is it fear of success? Is it the 10 leaders who have the evidence on their side or is it the reality that's awaiting us if we do the work? I don't know how anyone can live without feeling what I feel certain of, which is that this world and this universe is tugging and pulling and inviting us with every eddy, all the rivers of God of the song, all the sparks of divine energy, everything is pulling toward God, everything is pulling toward justice. It's all being pulled to a future that accords with God's purposes. And I'm embarrassed that I don't feel the despair other people feel. I have to like practice the compassion of, that's right, you're in this place, just like the spies. You're in this place where like, you can't even imagine entering the land. You know it's not gonna work. And so I feel guilty because I have the sense of Judaism, the sense of the mourner's Kaddish. No one ever said this life was gonna be out without pain and injustice and loss and death and tragedy and horror. But I also feel God all around me. I feel like everything in this universe led to life and everything in this universe, maybe there's not linear progress and maybe we had oversimplified it, but I feel the calls of the prophets saying that I see it being pulled and I know we're going in a good direction and I don't expect it not to have horrible things happen because I'm a Jew and I know horrible things happen. And I feel like Heschel said, Schleiermacher said, that Martin Luther King said, that Caleb and Joshua said, that Carl Sagan said, that Moses said, even God is saying in the Torah portion, I can't give it to you, but I pray and I'll be with you. And I will support you as you find it in yourself. Faith in God and faith in oneself to succeed in God's purposes are really practically the same thing. So with the spirit of the spies, I'll close with another poem by Langston Hughes. And before I read it, one comment. I just wanna thank my wife, Lynn, because one of the beauties of us being roughly the same age is that we grew up at the same time. And we grew up with free to be you and me in the 70s and sitting on the floor and weird modern orange plastic furniture everywhere. And we grew up that when we had teachers who were people of color, we didn't think anything of it. And we grew up watching Mr. Rogers and half the people were Hispanic and Puerto Rican and, and, and black and, and it was fine. And I know it wasn't perfect. And I know I didn't know a lot of the terrible things that were going on, but I didn't feel despair. And I love that Lynn doesn't either. And we felt the points of light moving in the right direction and as children, and I think a lot of us have those touchstones and we can't forget them. We can't forget them. And so I hear those touchstones in Langston Hughes. Let America be America again. Let it be the dream it used to be. Let it be the pioneer on the plain, seeking a home where he himself is free. America was never America to me. Let America be the dream the dreamers dreamed. Let it be that great strong land of love where never kings connive nor tyrants scheme that any man be crushed by one above. It never was America to me. 
Oh, let my land be a land where liberty is crowned with no false patriotic wreath, but opportunity is real and life is free. Equality is in the air we breathe. There's never been equality for me, nor freedom in this homeland of the free. Say, who are you that is mumbling in the dark? And who are you that draws your veil across the stars? I am the poor white, fooled and pushed apart. I am the Negro bearing slavery scars. I am the red man driven from the land. I am the immigrant clutching the hope I seek and finding only the same old stupid plan of dog eat dog, of mighty crush the weak. I am the young man full of strength and hope tangled in that ancient endless chain of profit, power, gain of grab the land, of grab the gold, of grab the ways of satisfying need, of work the men, of take the pay, of owning everything for one's own greed. I am the farmer, bondsman to the soil. I am the worker, sold to the machine. I am the Negro, servant to you all. I am the people, humble, hungry, mean, yet hungry yet today despite the dream. Beaten yet today, O oh pioneers, I am the man who never got ahead, the poorest worker bartered through the years. Yet I'm the one who dreamt our basic dream. In the old world, while still a serf of kings, who dreamt a dream so strong, so brave, so true, that even yet its mighty daring sings in every brick and stone, in every furrow turn that's made America the land it has become. Oh, I'm the man who sailed those early seas in search of what it meant to be my home. For I'm the one who left dark Ireland's shore and Poland's plain and England's grassy lake and torn from black Africa's strand I came to build a homeland of the free. Who said the free? The free? Not me? Surely not me. The millions on relief today, the millions shot down when we strike, the millions who have nothing for our pay, for all the dreams we've dreamed and all the songs we've sung and all the hopes we've held and all the flags we've hung, the millions who have nothing for our pay except the dream that's almost dead today. So let America be America again, a land that never has been yet and yet must be a land where everyone is free. The land that's mine and belongs to the poor man, the Indian, the Negro, me who made America, whose sweat and blood, whose faith and pain, whose hand at the foundry, whose plow in the rain must bring back our mighty dream again. So sure, call me any ugly name you choose. The steel of freedom does not stand. For those who live like leeches on other people's lives, we must take back our land again, America. So I, yes, I say plain, I never, America never was America to me, but I swear this oath, America will be. Let's make America. <laughs>